Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Guild Quality President Jeff Graham. Jeff is going to share the story of Guild Quality's success and how it was driven by creating a culture of empowerment, freedom, and trust. All that and more on today's episode. Life moves pretty fast. Bueller. Bueller. That was an interesting movie choice. (laughs) Hi, this is Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Good morning. And I'm really excited about our guest today, Jeff Graham. He's the founder of Guild Quality. Over 2,500 of the best home improvement companies rely on Guild Quality's customer surveying, performance reporting, and marketing tools to help them deliver exceptional customer experiences and get the recognition they deserve for their commitment to quality. Welcome, Jeff. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. We always love having you. And somebody said, oh, you're interviewing Jeff Graham. He's always good. <laughs> I'll try to uh, I'll try to live up to expectations. <laughs> so, so Guild Quality, you know, you've been such a presence in the industry and in our community for so many years, which is fantastic. Our members love you and your company and, of course, everybody on your team. But so Guild Quality has been ranked one of Atlanta's best places to work for six years in a row. What the heck are you doing that makes Guild Quality so special? Uh, well, thanks for saying that. Um, we, we have been, you said we have been a big presence in the industry, and I have to say that uh, we have a lot of that credit to Remodeler's Advantage, having had a relationship with your team now for over a decade has been one of the greatest things about running this business. I've really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I wanted to get that in there, but to to Guild Quality's culture and um, and how we work and our recognition in the Atlanta community as as one of the best places to work. I really have to say it's a commitment to having an empowered work environment. Um, we focus a great deal, spend a lot of energy thinking about how we cannot uh, how we can avoid abridging any of our employees' freedoms to to make decisions or figure out how they want to accomplish something or pursue their own goals. And we couple that empowerment, that focus on empowerment with a really, really clear focus on results. Um, some people refer to it as a results only work environment. Some people refer to it as, as we, we use a term called objectives and key results. Um, I like to just call it an empowered work environment. Well, so how old is Guild Quality? When did you start the company? Uh, you know, we we technically started the business in 2002. It was uh, my co-founder, my dog Luna, and, <laughs> um, and she's still with us, hanging on there. She's uh, she's going to be 16 in June. Wow! And, <laughs> and she was tea tiny when we started the business. Um, we didn't have any employees or revenue until 2003 when we first launched the first version of Guild Quality's reporting application. And we're very small up to and through the recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really during the recession that that we became what I call a real business. We thought we were really smart and being mm-hmm. really successful when we were selling in such a strong market prior to the downturn. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think then we had a great dose of 
of humility and reality mm-hmm. and learned how to to build a big business and also learned how to focus on the things that were important to us. Well, so how did that come about? How did the creation of an empowered workplace come to be a priority for you and your team? I, uh, I'm, you know, Victoria, we know each other pretty well and you probably know this. I'm, I am pretty passionate about personal freedom. And so it's one of the great things I think about entrepreneurship that enables us to kind of pursue our freedom through um, through creating our own business. I think the work that Remodelers Advantage does is fantastic for your members by helping remind them that they they started their business to make their lives better and they need to uh, work on it, not in it. I love mm-hmm. that y'all say that and do that. That's a great reminder. Um, but as part of my interest in that whole topic of, of personal freedom, I, after a while, and particularly during the recession, as you know, as we were thinking about what we needed to do to make the business as strong as possible, I felt like we needed to align our culture and our business practices with my personal philosophies. And so I you know, began to spend more time thinking about how kind of standard business practices can often be authoritarian. And I thought, you know, I was thinking about how disconnected that was from founders and entrepreneurs who are really pursuing the creation of businesses to for often for reasons to liberate themselves and thought it would be good to extend that down to the people we work with. Um, so we still began by introducing things like, you know, work from wherever you want, whenever you want, unless your kind of your job results required you to be in a specific place at a certain time. We didn't really care where you worked and that actually not coincidentally aligned with our desire to be more efficient in our spend during the recession and have smaller office space um, that almost necessitated that some people work remotely. Hmm. Um, So with that began a culture of having empowering remote workers, uh, which we have to this day, probably a little more than a third of our team chooses to work remotely and and, uh, about two thirds like to come into the office nearly every day. And then we still sort of kind of pushed further with that and really focused on trust and the notion that the moment we hired a person and they joined the team, we trusted them. Trust wasn't something that they earned after having worked here. They earned it during the interview process and they received it with an offer to join the team. So when people join the company, we actually are, have to spend a great deal of time and energy conveying to them that we trust them and that they don't ever need to ask for permission. Actually, when some people, new new hires, come to me on a regular basis and ask for, keep asking for permission, and they don't necessarily respond well to like, hey, listen, I'm happy to give advice and counsel and share my experience, and I want you to draw on that, but we're not, we didn't hire you to do what I said. We hired you to use your brain, make decisions, and Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry to say this, but if you come and ask me for permission again, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm great. joking, but uh, it does drive the point home. Um, so, uh, so that's how, those are some examples of how empowerment works itself into the business, but it's not all empowerment. We have a, a very strong focus on transparency and results you know, with key metrics that we share broadly through the community, through the company that everyone has access to in a shared Google sheet. Um, and we update those regularly and, and many of them in real time. And, uh, we spend a great deal of energy 
each year in each quarter talking about what the objectives are within each function within the business, what the companies are overall, and how each individual's objectives and results support the overall company objectives. Um, you talked about key metrics. I just did a program on executive dashboards. So the key oh, metrics great. thing. I need to listen to that. <laughs> well, you obviously are measuring certain key metrics. Uh, and again, you're doing it electronically. Some people do it on boards and so on. Would you mind sharing what a couple of the key metrics are within your organization? Some of the things that you look at most often? Sure. And these key metrics, I'll, I'll share some we have on our key metrics document, which everyone in the whole company has access to, there's multiple tabs, you know, visualize the spreadsheet and it's yep. a Google sheet. So multiple, everybody can have access to it. And it's, it's not something you email around as an mm-hmm. attachment, but there's a summary page, which has all the metrics that we think everybody in the company should pay at least some attention to. And then there's additional tabs in it, each one relating to specific functions within the business, whether it's members member services that the team that takes care of all of our members or sales or marketing or product development and so on and so each tab has you know a lot of metrics like our our product team is very interested in user behavior so like number of authentications or or number of um, projects uploaded to the guild quality system be surveyed things like that but the sales team, you know, that's not really what they're focused on. They're focused on activity and opportunities created and deals closed and monthly recurring revenue added and that kind of stuff. But on the summary tab, we have at the very top, we have our member satisfaction. We use the Guild Quality, we use Guild Quality's own service to monitor um, satisfaction within our membership. So that's the one up at the very top, and we have that by month. And then we have member retention metrics about um, about how many of our members are still with us following, you know, after the prior month. And then we have, you know, some sales metrics, some business development metrics, our partnerships, with that, that refers to partnerships like our relationship with Remodelers Advantage or James Hardy or Owens Corning and so on. And then some top level things for uh for engineering that are product related and also financials. We're open book about our financials. So we share a very consolidated income statement with the whole team. Is there is there an expectation of every staff member to visit that daily, weekly, monthly, or is it just open no, to their I mean it's there and available to people. I would say our functional leaders look at it very regularly. I have right. the document open in front of me and I can see that four team members are in it right now mm. looking at it. Um <laughs> So, and so, uh, but every but we give once a month. Um, we stop doing uh, team wide meetings mo- once a month as the team has gotten larger. It, it just became less conversational, and and instead we've gone to written updates from all the functional leaders once a month, where they go into more detail about what's been happening in the business. And those always include a link, which is essentially a reminder to the whole team to come check these out. And um, and so how ahead. how long how large is the team now? We are 43 full-time employees. That's one of our key metrics. Mm -hmm. And we're 59 part-time employees. Our survey team all works remotely. And so they're, you know, stay-at-home moms and Mm -hmm. people pursuing a graduate degree or whatever. There's 59 people on that team. So when it comes to the, um, the whole empowerment, freedom, and trust part, so, and I assume, I think actually we, we talked about it at one point, um, at the summit last year, but, um, that includes if they want vacation time or something they don't 
they don't need to put in requests or anything like that, right? They can just, or there isn't like just two weeks, one week. Yeah, that's, that's right. We don't, we do not. So some people talk about, particularly in kind of the Bay area startup software world, like, Oh, we have unlimited vacation. I don't frame it that way at all. Like we do not track vacation. It's not something that we pay attention to or have historically paid attention to Mm -hmm. vacation days, sick days, whatever. Your job is not to be in a seat for a certain amount of time on a certain day or whatever. It is to deliver results. And so we look at each person's results and and except in the cases where their result is to work at a certain amount of time and at a certain time, such as the survey team certainly has that kind of result. Right. So we just don't pay attention to those days. We do as as the business has gotten larger and we have, uh, you know, compliance related stuff that, that requires some overhead Mm -hmm. regarding time tracking for various reasons. We actually now very recently have started uh, more from a compliance perspective tracking actually the, the days people actually aren't working but there's no prohibition on taking time off in any way so as it relates to to our members and to the remodelers out there that may be listening obviously they can't allow the production team just to have n- unlimited vacation time because production would drop pretty drastically <laughs> so. well what is the result i mean this is an interesting topic and there right. are remodelers and and builders as well that pursue this type of work environment but what is the result that they're working for? Looking for um, is the result that uh, production happens, or is the result that they want some, an employee to be in a certain place at a certain time? Mm-hmm. And uh, it is—I I will say—it is much harder to get really clear on the results that someone expects, and then to measure those in a reasonably objective way, um, and and have both the the team member and the, the manager have a clear and shared understanding of what those things are. That actually takes a decent amount of effort. Um, and it is easier to just say, you need to show up at this time and work through this amount of time. But we have found that the effort of being focused on the result that one desires to have happen is freeing and liberating to the employee and enables them to use their mind, which is you know overwhelmingly the thing that you hired them for. Okay, so right there, that that's the key word, right? What you hired them for. If you say, if you're telling us, which I obviously I believe you. I mean, I know this is your culture that the minute somebody's hired, they have your trust. You must have one heck of a extensive hiring process because it would be hard uh, to do. do that. Yeah, that's and that's a great point. And it would it, without that we couldn't. We have to be discriminating in our hiring and. That, come, that brings with it some challenges. We have to invest more in that, and we also have to hire slowly, which in an environment like the one we're in, as competitive as it is for talented people, that does present challenges. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you must have, your turnover rate must be pretty low. Uh, it is. It, it is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. We have, there's actually kind of an expected reasonable amount of turnover within the surveying team just mm-hmm. kind of by the very nature of that job, mm-hmm. people don't expect to be making a career out of it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are doing it as supplemental income generally as a, right. you know, and, someone pursuing their master's and, and these you know, are part time anyway, right? Yeah. So kind of, we, so we actually have a good bit of turnover there, but it's, I think we keep those people an average of maybe two years, which is uh, hmm. I'd say a long time for that type of job. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, but the team turnover is pretty low on the team. So could you? So some jobs are harder though. Like you know, sales positions are very hard. I think our turnover is relatively low in there, but that's probably the highest area within the organization. So what well, are some of the there's salespeople there? <laughs> They're always <laughs> looking for the next thing. Motivated. Well, by. you know, it's a difficult job. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we our, the team that we hire tends to be younger, so often they're not, or earlier in their career, so mm-hmm. often they're not completely committed to sales as a path. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's me either, hard. for that matter. <laughs> oh, come on, you guys are always selling. You're all. <laughs> Shh. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so tell us a little bit about some of the steps that go into your hiring process. I mean. I think that some of our listeners are going to find it the it's going to be difficult for some of our listeners to get their heads around the idea that as soon as somebody is hired, you trust them to do what you hired them to do because because of the bad experiences and the challenges that folks have had in in hiring and keeping the right people. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I want to be clear: we don't just like cast our new employees off into the wilderness and tell them to go, you know. <laughs> make it happen uh it's it's that we trust them we trust them to use their judgment about when it is they have they have support as a new hire and an onboarding process and you know depending on the role that they're in an environment an opportunity to learn more about our industry and our offering but it's not like just go figure it out there it's a balance you know we want that we trust them to use their judgment about we want to give them as much information as we possibly can for them to be successful and trust them to use their judgment about, you know, when they should seek counsel or help or assistance or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And our, our real focus on results and our articulation of what success looks like within each position for each individual makes it easier. They're essentially, they can kind of study to the test, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and know what they need to focus on. And someone in their first three months has different results than someone in their third year. But on the hiring side, um, it varies a little bit from position to position or, you know, sometimes a lot um, from position to position. Uh, The first thing that we're always looking for in a recruit is is attributes, Um, three personality attributes that we found are the types of things that we want to attributes we want to reinforce within the business and that also help someone to be successful here and a great contributor. And, and those are friendliness is number one. Uh, commitment is number two and resourcefulness is number three. So every hire we're coming in when, when team members are interviewing them, both in the initial phone screen and then in on-site visits when they come in and time we spend with them, everybody that's involved in that process is looking you know, for signals about how friendly, resourceful, and committed someone is. Um, friendly because, you know, going back to sort of what type of company would I like to have, I'd like to have a company where I enjoy being around the people who are working in it. And, uh, and so that's a big priority for us. Um, resourceful speaks to, I think you may have heard the term T-shaped people. I think a lot of people use it where people have broad interests and a broad understanding and often have very specific, you know, the T part, deep, specific skills or interests in a particular area. I have never heard that before. That is such uh, an interesting visual. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can completely visualize yeah. it. We want T-shaped people and <laughs> we want them to have this long arm wingspan because we want them to be able to take in everything that happens within the business and understand the resources that are here available to them so that they can use their resourcefulness in figuring out better ways to do things and achieving success That's cool. and all that. And then on the committed side, the commit is, is incredibly important in the empowered work environment because one can do, we're not, we're probably not as fast to fire as we should be probably because we're too friendly, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but one can, you know, in an empowered work environment, one can get by for a little while without demonstrating a great deal of commitment and staying focused because they really have to own them their own results and be mm -hmm. take ownership of their success. And if they don't have that commitment to their personal success and achieving that success within guild quality, then, uh, then they undermine the whole, the culture of empowerment because people will be like, wow, ah, geez, I need to take advantage of this empowered work environment rather than right. I need to cherish the work in the empowered work environment mm -hmm. and support it by demonstrating my commitment to it. Jeff, uh, just real quick, do you guys do um, disk assessments of all your employees? We don't. You don't you know, do and I know that's a, uh, that's a common thing. Individually within different functions, some functional leaders who have a great deal of, it's, of it's, oversight over their hiring process do that. So our marketing, Erin Rosentowski, who runs marketing for Guild Quality, she mm -hmm. relies on disk assessments with her team and her hires. Okay. But that's not across the board. I was just curious because it, it seems like I, I don't even know what it would be, but I would think that there's certain disk profiles that probably would not be comfortable in such a, a free and empowering environment. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious. You're, you're that. right. We may, that's, that would be something we should adopt. Curious. Or something like that. And I, I know the Remodelers Advantage community has had a great deal of success with that. Do, do you know your desk profile? I don't know. What do you think it is? I'm curious. Vic, Vic that would be your? <laughs> well, the, this D-I-S or C, right? I'd say that a lot of you've got a lot of I in you, which is a people person, because you are friendly and outgoing and you network well and you're a good conversationalist and all of that thing, that stuff. So that's that would be one of the things. The, the rest, I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm, I'm a high introvert. You are. Are you? Really? I am. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy conversation or conversations like this. It just means I have to go take a nap afterwards. <laughs> I mean, I might be. It's just like I don't. I I actually spend a great deal of time alone. Or, so or you very... you enjoy conversations just with yourself <laughs> <laughs> and people I care about. Like, yes. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, how about we roll into the lightning round? You ready for the yeah, lightning please. round? Yeah. All right. You excited? Oh yeah, I'm fired up. I know. I know. You've been waiting all day for this moment. <laughs> right. And now here's the Remodelers Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Uh, two, two answers to this. I know I'm going to 60 seconds. So one is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Every single person should read that book mm -hmm. annually. <laughs> um, it's a big part of our culture here. People read that. And the second one is more obscure. It is a book called The Man Who Planted Trees by a Frenchman named Jean Journeau about... Uh, it's a fiction about a man who plants a lot of trees, and there's a lot of metaphors in there that apply to entrepreneurship and building a great business. 
If you weren't founder and president of Guild Quality, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, I might be a painter. I thought that I might be a songwriter, but I'm not good enough. What are you not very good at? Something that is paralyzing to me and I find intimidating and demotivating is a lengthy to-do list. That's just painful. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? Room, definitely. I'm a believer in the whole, when you get up in the morning, make your bed thing. Do you sing in the shower? Uh, yes, I was singing uh, Desperado in the shower this morning. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a time machine, would you go forwards or back? Back. I would go back. Can I specify my destination, like sure. where I would be? Absolutely. Because uh, that might affect it. If I could go back to North America in, say, 1400, I think that would be pretty fascinating. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it would. Yeah, cool. Jeff, this has been awesome, as usual. We very much appreciate you sharing. Your, your, you have always been so generous with your insights, and, and they're very unique, and I love listening to you. So thank you very much for being here. But before thank we you go, for having me. I want you to share with our listeners your five words of wisdom. Oh, good. I love this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, my five words are always encourage, do not criticize. Very Perfect. Cool. Perfect. And it exemplifies your culture and your personal attitude. Jeff, please share with our listeners how they can learn about Guild Quality and, and what you do. Oh, come visit us on the web, guildquality.com, G-U-I-L-D, quality.com. Uh, we're also pretty active on Twitter under that same handle. And, and I'm probably unproductively active on Twitter under Jeffrey D. Graham, cool. which is my handle. Um, and Jeffrey is with a G. Good. I'll put those links in the show notes so everybody can find them. All right. Thank Thank, you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. You know, I've always loved Guild Quality's culture. It's, it just exudes a cool vibe from all their people. It's fascinating to be able to just say, hey, Mm -hmm. we trust you wholeheartedly once you're Mm -hmm. on the team. And, you know, I think that one of the things that really helps them is the fact that they have identified those three attributes that they want all their people to have, you know, commitment, Friendliness and resourcefulness. That that was really cool. You know what I thought was really cool was that um, T-shaped people. Oh, yeah. I had never heard that before. Oh, I mean, I tend to think we surround ourselves with pear-shaped people. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included, of course. But um, I don't know. I guess we could go to a... This sort of remind me of those things that you used to punch when you were a kid and it would bounce back. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, we've, dera- we've derailed. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good episode, I think. I don't know. This is going to be such a nightmare to cut. We've destroyed <laughs> this little end thing. Thanks for being here. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. Until next time. We'll see you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.
hey, you're still here. Guess what? You just found an Easter egg. That's right. We're going to give away some free gifts and prizes every once in a while in the closing credits. And you just found one. So, if you're one of the first five people to visit remodelersadvantage.com slash egg, you'll win a free Yeti tumbler from Amazon. Thanks for listening to the show, and we'll see you next week.